Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. Spring has finally arrived. Hopefully, we'll have a few people watching. I know it's so nice out here in Alberta. Uh, my name is Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar evening of solutions for a new Alberta brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. Our purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans businesses and organizations to protect the prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship within Canada. Of course, we couldn't do this without your help. If this is your first time watching. Welcome, and I hope you find this information engaging and wanting to find out more. And if you're a regular APP webinar viewer, thank you for your support. We couldn't do this without you. APP is a membership driven with a goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation at albertaprosperityproject.com. We also have APP merchandise at our Alberta Prosperity Store, which apropos is called albertaprosperitystore.com. Tonight's webinar is entitled Free to Fly with our guest, Greg Hill, who is a pilot and co-founded the society called Free to Fly, and you can find out more at freetofly.com. Uh, this is a live webinar, so we encourage you to fly, or actually, yeah, this is a live webinar, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your question, so it'll be flagged and we can quickly view the questions and go through the comments. And with that, I'll bring Greg on now. Hello, Greg, how are you? Hey, Carrie. I'm doing well, and thanks for Good. having me on. Good. I, th I think I actually said freetofly.com, but isn't it freetofly.ca? It is uh, .ca. I'm not sure what's at free to fly. It may be like a chicken company or something, so uh, <laughs> better go to .ca. That's funny. So if, if for a little bit of information, Greg uh, Greg's aviation uh, dream was born at uh, when he was age 13, and he spent 30 years flying, first in the military, with multiple deployments around the world including three to Afghanistan, then with a major Canadian airline, which sidelined him from flying and a threatened termination in 2021 over health freedom. Greg is passionate and uh, about freedom in general, which led to the founding and co-directing of Free to Fly. He spends the bulk of his time fighting for the freedoms of every Canadian coast to coast. So with that, tell us a little bit about yourself with that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's a broad, that's a broad, uh, question yeah um well without uh going back too far uh I, I grew up in a military home my father was uh, was an army guy the only reason mm -hmm. i mentioned that is it uh, it helped probably helped inform my views of uh of liberty uh, okay. from a very young age that's great uh as you said spent a bunch of time in the military and then off to uh to the airlines uh mm -hmm. so i'll fast forward without boring people with my teens and 20s and 30s but uh 2021 yeah. Um, the spring of, well, stepping back to 2020, just kind of the genesis of my COVID mm -hmm. uh, era, which kind of defines all of our lives these days. Yes. I was chairing a private school board at the time, mm -hmm. and that was probably the genesis of, of my uh, questioning, certainly of the policy aspects, because I saw what we were planning to do with the kids. And mm -hmm. I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to spreadsheets and otherwise. So I literally uh, sat in my basement. I pulled up only government data. I wasn't digging around in the nether regions of the internet. I strictly pulled up government data. I did a bit of data analysis for half an hour, and I thought, what on earth are we doing? 
So that started the journey along with the concerns of the, just the, the shocking acquiescence of the Canadian population as a whole. And then as we moved into 2021, uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was out for a run and kind of doing some chin-ups in a park or something. And, and I got thinking and thought, you know, the, I'd been thinking the government is putting this vaccine policy, like all their eggs are in one basket here. Yeah. Like what happens? What happens if this this doesn't actually work? Never mind all the questions. Uh, without going too deep down the vaccine uh, or the jab, as we prefer to say, yeah. uh, down that road, what happens if it doesn't work out? And then you know the gears started turning, and I thought we've really got to start doing something. So we reached out initially to uh, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Bildy there was was great with uh, sitting down with us on a Zoom call and, and just providing a bit of education as to the charter, which, uh, man, that's been an education this past uh, mm-hmm. two or three years. We, we won't turn this into a charter uh, conversation, but not quite the document we all thought it was, was it? Nope. Um, you know, and the problem with that really uh, is is this idea that the government gives and takes our, our freedoms, uh, yeah. which is very foundational. Uh, foundationally problematic, I would say, uh, for Canadian citizens as a whole. These are God-given freedoms. The government doesn't uh, give and take them. So anyway, out of that, uh, it was a small group of pilots that started that morphed quickly into uh, what we call aviation professionals across the industry. And mm-hmm. then really, we wanted to um, to position ourselves as advocates for Canadians in general. So it morphed into uh, over 40,000 uh, roughly 40,000 passengers and 3,000 aviation uh, professionals. Uh, and, the, you know, the bulk of those passengers were disaffected uh, passengers who were no longer passengers for the yeah. better part of a year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and some tragic stories uh, out of that um, yeah. in, in the sense of not just family separation, but the inability to honor loved ones during their dying moments yeah. uh, or yeah. other uh, yeah. other major yeah. Um, life events, right? So that's kind of where free to fly. Um, that that that's where it was born out of, you know. Yeah. And it's been a real journey. The, the, many of these aviation professionals, along with countless thousands of others across the country, uh, lost their jobs and remain out of work, uh, or yeah. lost their jobs, uh, along with millions in income collectively uh, over that year, right? Yeah. So. There's the website, which is about to be yeah. revamped and completely changed, but uh, that's what it is for now. So yeah, there's a lot of great information on here. Let me tell you that. Yeah, I uh, I looked through there, and um, there was the one in particular. I, I have it opened up in a separate uh, folder here. Uh, there's that, that. Yeah, there's a link off to here uh, about where people can fly to. Because obviously that mm. is a big, that's, that's probably the number one question I think we've had before you came on here was, uh, you know, where can I fly to? And uh, because we're supposed to be free to fly, et cetera, et cetera. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and that's, um, that's a fantastic website with that just uh, full disclosure. I, I had nothing to do with the design of that. Nor yeah, did anybody yeah. free to fly. That's just a link, but it's, it's yeah. probably one of the best ones I've found because as yeah. you said, you can literally put in there yeah. whether you're jabbed or not, where you yeah. want to go. And, and if you're a U.S. citizen or what kind of passport mm-hmm. you have and where do you want to go? And uh, yeah, so just toggle on and off about if you're vaccinated, yeah. you can go right. there. And, yeah, and look at that great, look yeah. at that uh, uh, orange colored country. Yeah. Yeah. The great big one south of us that's very similar to, I don't know, um, yeah. Pakistan, uh, Angola and a couple other similar yeah. countries. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Oh, Ukraine. I feel, yeah. Like flying, I feel like flying there. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
And that is at uh, joinsherpa.com. Joinsherpa.com. Yeah, the link is at the bottom of, uh, of that guidance page, that's, which, yeah, that's, uh, which that's one of the main questions we get as well. And there's, you know, some unfortunate misconceptions. And I don't know if you want to get into this uh, just yet, but uh, just about particularly travel uh, in and out of the States or even through the States. The through the States one has bitten a couple people in the rear end pretty hard because they figured they could just do a, a field stop on the way to somewhere else. And yes. lo and behold, they couldn't get on the airplane uh, yeah. because you can't even stop when passing through the States, uh, yeah. at least as far as the official rules go, right? Yeah. So. No, and, and I know even uh, my, my co-host, usually uh, Chris Scott from Whistle Stop Cafe, he flew out to uh, to Amsterdam flew out at Christmas and then he flew out a couple of weeks ago and the same sort of thing. So going out there, if you fly direct, not an issue, but his, uh, he basically had to fly through the States. So, uh, and again, whether or not, uh, you know, the trade secrets or whatever that you can possibly say about what, what you can say or what you can't say. But I do believe somewhere on his, on his form, it just basically says uh, you've been vaccinated. And uh, so, I mean, check that off, right? Because he's, he's probably been, uh, been uh, more vaccinated than anybody else I know because he used to work in uh, uh, Columbia and uh, a bunch of different things through the uh, just just working with the uh, the oil field, right? So right. similar, similar yeah. to the military, yeah, yeah. So obviously that you know when when you have um, you have two groups of people, I guess that you look after. You look at the, looking after the pilots, or at least uh, having discussions with the pilots, and you're also uh, on behalf of the passengers. Of course, that is probably mostly what uh, the people online are looking at. But I'd like to know: is is there any legal stuff that you guys have been involved with in terms of uh, going back and, and trying to uh, uh, through the government or whatever to to say, look, this this shouldn't have happened or or like i'm not even sure what your your argument has been yeah um good question yeah. um yeah it's it's not just the pilots it's you know you got pilots flight attendants maintenance air traffic control yes uh, airport security etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's it's a broad uh spectrum yeah. we do have uh legal efforts ongoing right now yeah um the law tends to be rather glacial at the best of times and even even more so right now so we do have uh, what'll probably morph into a class action along with some um some additional claims uh, on human rights basis direct uh, direct action and yeah. uh, and otherwise so that's moving along uh slowly but um with persistence uh yeah. we'll, we'll get there for sure uh, we've got a meeting on that coming up uh, next week again. So, you know, I, this is usually the part where those who have been tracking with Free to Fly will have heard this mini 30-second speech a few times. But yeah. uh, as far as solutions in this country right now, I'm a firm believer that, unfortunately, um, politics is very much downstream of culture, which is a, a bit of a cliche now, but I would say that the judiciary in this country is unfortunately downstream of politics, yeah. uh, meaning that from what we've seen, the courts, as Bruce Party, uh, a lawyer that, uh, that I have a fair bit of time for, has, mm -hmm. has uh, written an article saying that, that, you know, the courts have chosen a side when it comes to COVID. Yeah. So ergo, take it back to the start, culture is the battleground. And until yeah. we change culture, I really don't see things turning around. Uh, that is the battleground. And until we get, you know, a thousand or 10,000 uh, in the words of Solzhenitsyn in his famous Live Not By Lies piece, that, you know, post, uh, post Gulag, that was his point to the Soviets who were, you know, descending back into the same sort of subjugation that they've been, uh, 
that they've suffered for so long yeah. is if you get a thousand of us together or 10,000 of us, they will not recognize our country. Yeah. And we saw that with the Freedom Convoy. It did yeah. start to move the needle. Yeah. Uh, and what you saw, to reinforce my point, was, and I'll, I may be unpopular for saying this, but some who had been silent, including the Conservatives, suddenly found a voice. Once the, you know, the, there was enough um, enough detention that it was like, hey, this is politically expedient. And, and that's just the nature of politics, right? You need to get elected. Yeah. Uh, so all of that to say, I do feel there's a place for, uh, for, for legal action, and that's why we're pursuing it. Yeah. Because right now what's happened, even for those workers who've gone back to work, it's akin to, you know, you're sitting at home having a nice dinner with your family with all of your goods and belongings around you. And suddenly a gang comes in and says, vacate the home. You're on the streets. We're taking everything. Right. That's and right. so you get That's out right. and then they come back, uh, you know, a few months later and they say, uh, you can come back in your house now and half your stuff is gone and you're supposed to just be OK with it and carry on. Right. It's like, well, I've got all this, uh, you know. I'm out of income. I'm out of yeah. some people's marriages fell apart because of it. Yes, they lost it all sorts of benefits, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And we're yeah. supposed to just say, thank you, master, for giving me my job back. We can't live in a society where we don't even pursue justice. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to continue doing that. Um, I don't want to be defeatist about it, but I do think we've got to continue focus on, on the fact that culture is the battleground. And what that yeah. means, um, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, and, and the reason I phrase it that way is because people get discouraged because these uh, if impacting culture means the nitty gritty of having direct, sometimes difficult conversations with family, neighbors, employers, church members, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you don't have to be unkind or rude about it, but you need to speak truth and you need to speak truth courageously and uncomfortably at times. And unfortunately, that it takes a while. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, do, it, you don't, you don't need 51% of a nation to turn it around. Uh, you need a fairly small, um, a proportionally small number. It's the old courage begets courage piece. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. That, that, that really, uh, yeah. in, you know, and you, and you know it from, from your own background, you know, if, if, yeah. uh, if a hundred other restaurants in your local area had uh, had, had up, stayed open, yeah, right, things may have actually looked different. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's kind of why I'm even involved in uh, the Alberta Prosperity Project because I do believe that there is a way to get the word out of what's been happening and and how there are solutions and and basically that's why we like doing these webinars is because we get these topics out. And uh, so people that are viewing, you can definitely share, share, share this and uh, and make sure that people, you know, are able to at least have the conversation about, well, I think everyone should just be able to free to fly or, you know, if, just go get jabbed and uh, and then you're free to fly. Um, there's more to it than than something that's just black and white. So that's why I like. Uh, well, like it's. Mercedes. Yeah, it's encouraging hearing other people's stories. We've, we've yeah. got uh, one of our the members uh, kind of in our core group of pilots, and I'll give him a shout out. Uh, I won't say his last name, but, but Colin, he's, uh, he's got a heart of gold. And he, yeah. uh, he my father is incredibly outgoing, uh, which I'm actually not myself to the point where, you know, as a kid, he'd, he'd be talking to everybody in the store driving you crazy. Well, I think Colin is even more so, but he interacts with people in a way that's uh, kind of endearing, but a little bit in their face with mm -hmm. the mask type thing, for instance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the lines yeah. kind of, hey, it sure would be nice to see your smiling face. And he actually gets people to take their masks off. It's all right. Wow. Personally, I'm not terribly comfortable with it, but I see him and I hear him talk about it. And I think, 
courage begets courage, right? Like that's right. Yeah. We should yeah, all sure. be, and just not to hammer away at the masks here because we, we've yeah. kind of done that to death. But, but ironically, that was the first hill to die on, yeah. uh, as I like to say, uh, in spite of my own beliefs, contrary. But just towards the end of the mask mandate in the airports um, in the last few weeks, this is an example of what I'm talking about. So I tend to go sometimes back and forth between Montreal and Toronto. So in Montreal, yeah, technically speaking, the the big brother announcements were still coming out. Everyone must wear their masks. Well, in Montreal, they had decided... Uh, we're done with the stupidity. We're not doing it anymore. So 80% of the people just collectively said, screw you and didn't bother. Oh, yeah. You flew an hour and a bit to the West. You landed in Toronto. Same big brother announcements. 98% of the people were wearing their masks. Now, technically, according to Transport Canada, if you knew the rules, you didn't have to. And so I wasn't bothering as a pilot. And a couple of pe people would come up and say, Thank, you know, thanks so much. And there was a couple other guys that weren't, but you hadn't reached that tipping point because I think by then a majority were kind of thinking, this is really stupid, but I don't want to be the only person, right? This is the, That's, I don't want to be the person. Yeah. Yeah. And then one or two people and they think I can be whatever your threshold is, right? I could be the fourth person or maybe the kind of person that needs to be the 50th person, yeah. but we need those previous 49 to get there. So That's be right. the number one or yeah. be the number two or be the number three. That's how we affect change, right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming because you fly all over. So <laughs> we had the conversation. I used to fly extensively through for trade shows and through my business. And then once COVID hit, that's it. I have not even, I haven't been on a commercial airline. Uh, we've, we've flown up to like Grand Prairie and uh, to uh, La Crete, uh, Bonneville on a plane. Right. But, uh, but just on a little four seater Cessna, but I have not flown commercially. I really haven't even gone into an airport per se mm. since then. So I don't right. even know what the rules are and how much has changed. What, what do you think like you just said that, uh, you know, going Montreal and Toronto, people are, are masking up or, or do you think anybody's actually having those conversations even on the plane? Like, have you heard anything like, well, just to clarify, there's, there's yeah. no mask mandate anymore on the aircraft yes. or in the airports. There's people that are doing it voluntarily still. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I mean, that's since whenever it was, end of yeah. September, I think last year, maybe the end of October, end of September, I think uh, that was no longer, uh, no longer the case. Yeah. And, I, and I would say, stepping back a little bit, when the mandate was finally suspended, which is a word I choose carefully, yeah. I would say that came about through that same sort of collective action. It was individuals, it was uh, political embarrassment, I think at an international, international level somewhat as well, this whole Arrivecan fiasco and yeah. And otherwise, that eventually had that uh, had that rescinded. But right now, aside from if you're unjabbed and want to go to the U.S., it's pretty much um, I don't want to say normal because we do not live in a normal world anymore. Yeah. But you can you can travel back and forth um, reasonably liberally unless you want to go to Ukraine or Pakistan and go to the U.S. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, that's right. And and likewise, I know in there are some places that you're allowed to travel. However, they also want you to test when you get there mm, or before right. you get there, I guess, right? So again, I think that website actually does point out some of that stuff too, so. Yeah, and there's a few of them out there. And so I, I would just encourage your viewers to do due diligence because we get yeah. emails all the time, unfortunately, from people that are post having thrown away a whole bunch of money and then oh, are at wow. the moment where they're like, wow, uh, I thought I could go to Florida with my unjabbed family. Yeah. Uh, and the answer is, well, um, 
it depends on who you're flying with. Technically, according to the rules, you cannot. Um, yeah. There's lots of people that are getting across the land border and purchasing tickets and, and otherwise, uh, which I'm sure most of your viewers are aware of. Uh, the aviation world tends to be a little bit more uh, precise and there's more layers of verification. Um, yeah. So I don't want to tell anybody one way or the other what they should or shouldn't do, but I would say do your due diligence before you spend any money. So having said that, is there any talk about uh, opening up some of the, the borders like in the U.S.? Yeah, so I appreciate the question because there's yeah. there's a lot of confusion on there, uh, and I don't want to go on for 15 minutes about it because I, I actually put together a video uh, okay. that's about 12 or 15 minutes long that that explains it a little bit in a little bit more detail. But what what's been the pattern, and it's it's a bit of a cruel pattern, is there's there's all sorts of uh, there's various layers. So the air travel one is the CDC order that uh, that basically okay. binds you there. Yeah. And then the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, is the one that keeps you from going across the land border. Now, what's happened at least twice and is set to happen again in April is there's a TSA security directive. And this is the TSA security directive is the guidance for the airlines in how to implement the CDC order. So it says to the airlines, if you have a passenger that is trying to travel from A to B across the border, here's what you need to do to verify their information. Okay. And there's a there's a notional expiry date. I think it's April 3rd or 8th or 11th, somewhere in there. And it happened again in January. So a host of people understandably think, yes, finally, I can go to the States. Yeah. And they're all waiting for this date to come. And guess yeah. what happens? They just kick it down the road another three, four months because nothing has changed because the CDC order is still in place. That's and right. that comes essentially from Biden's proclamation. Yeah. So if you go again i don't want to go on and on about it that single page on our website i tried to distill it as best i could um, yeah. and you can read through all of the stuff if you were really having a hard time sleeping at night or something you can read through the individual orders and otherwise but um don't be fooled i guess by some of these dates uh there's so much information and it's hard to stay on top of yeah uh, it's the guidance one just the next tab over there next, this one here yeah here yeah. yeah so if you scroll down it, it it uh, shows USA. Yeah, it's got links to the different stuff that explains what I just did. Then it says in practice, uh, here's what's actually happening, um, yeah. and then uh, some things you can do to take action, which we try to be focused on as well. And then in Canada, yeah. because there's people outside the country that still think that they can't get in, which is actually not the case anymore. And then that yeah. link you mentioned right at the very that's bottom right. there. So, exactly. Yeah. So that's where that link is to um, that site right there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Great. Um, and and so obviously we're talking about planes here, but I'm assuming that there's probably similar stuff in terms of passengers and um, and um, employees for trains, uh, trucks, automobiles, anything that need buses, anything like that. Are you guys in contact with any of them to find out what's happening with legislation there or? Well, we've, we've been in contact uh, with some of the other federally mandated employees, yeah. uh, the posties, the government workers, uh, Purolator. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. There's was, there was a few of us that uh, that had been in touch back and forth, just swapping ideas. Not quite as much now with, with the federal mandate uh, suspended at this point. Although, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just uh, on another interview with some, you know, there's some firefighters that flat out lost their jobs in Alberta and never got back. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's that's worth pointing out as well. And it's the same yeah. within within the aviation industry. I, I'm yeah. blessed to be 
back at work right now, but there's others uh, who are not. And I, and I try to always do my best to, to give a shout out to these courageous men and women who continue to stand by their principles because yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a grind. So yeah. yeah, as far as the other industries, I'm not as up to speed um, on, on their, the, the nuances, I guess, of, of where they're at. Yeah. There's, there's never enough hours in the day just to deal with the aviation piece, but we're certainly interested and, and happy to collaborate with as many people as we can just to try and gain some traction. Yeah. Do you know if there's, uh, if there's pilots that obviously I'm, and, and this is more of a, a general question, I guess, if there's, if there's pilots that are unvaccinated, I guess they can't fly down legally down to the U S as well. So do you know if your company or other companies kind of make arrangements so that maybe they you fly more in Canada as an example? Well, that's, that's a fascinating question. And it's like, you're just lobbing me a softball to, to go ahead and hammer away at. So here's the insanity of the world we live in yeah. is uh, nope, that's not the case. Um, oh. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll be in the U S tomorrow and I'm perfectly safe to be in the U S as long as I have my magical uh, pilot superpower um, wow. exemption, right? So, yeah, yeah. so there's an exemption um, that's within buried deeply on one of those pages uh, in the CDC guidance that exempts uh, flight crew uh, from for being in the states. But as soon as yeah. I come home and put on my jeans and a sweatshirt, then I can no longer uh, technically enter um, the U.S. So yeah. that's that's kind of how it works. Um, it's this. It's this complete decoupling of common sense from policy. Um, yeah. Now, uh, clearly, I believe we should all be moving about freely. Yeah. Um, but here we have a policy where ostensibly it's not permitted due to safety, but expediency trumps everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, at least in this case. So uh, in order to keep things moving, that's kind of the road they've, they've yeah. gone down. So. We're hopeful we can get to a place here sooner than later. Um, you know, Biden's mentioned this May 11th thing. We've been lobbying with uh, with a bunch of congressmen and senators in the states to try and get this uh, this whole mess uh, sorted out. Talked to some phenomenal individuals down there who are working hard. There is a bill, HR 185, which is sitting in the Senate right now. Um, it hasn't necessarily stalled there, but they're sorting through sponsorship and trying to get it through the Senate. So in the process of that, um, there's a lot of people just to our previous point that are thinking May 11th, Thank goodness everything is going back to normal. And unfortunately, that's not really the case. They're saying yeah. there's there's no guarantee at all that that, that this will change, yeah. uh, even given his his picking of a random date in May uh, yeah. to make everything okay again, right? So yeah. we're, we're hopeful that, that things can happen before then. But yeah, that's that's the bill there. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting that because you, you think, you know, governments and countries, they, they, they trump everything. They mandate then that's just the way it is. But even with us, even in Alberta, even in Canada, so of course I was a restaurant owner and uh, we shut down. And we shut down prior to uh, uh, vaccine policy coming in. However, I also am an entertainer and uh, so a musician, I host karaoke, I DJ, I do all that. So I was still allowed to work at, at restaurants and bars during that time, right. even though uh, I'm not. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and even with that, a lot of the employees that I talked to were also not vaccinated and yet they were able to work there. So really right. it just came down to, as we all know, this was about control. 
so that you, uh, if you were a good doobie and you got your, your vax, you were able to go into a restaurant and uh, congratulations, you're able to do that. But they cannot in Canada basically uh, deny you the right to, to work. So if you were working at a restaurant, at that point, you weren't, you couldn't be fired in order to, to, to do that, right? So yeah, and, yeah that's, well, and that's kind of where we were. And, and so interesting that you're able to fly down to the States because essentially they're, they can't take that job away from you per se. Right. Although they did, I guess, at, uh, at the beginning of all this. Yeah. Well, we were out of work from October, essentially October to August or September of 20, okay. uh, yeah. 22. Um, yeah. and, and, and the threat was termination initially in May yeah. and then they kicked the termination back to November 1st of 2022. And then once the mandate was suspended, then, uh, the bulk of people, but not all, um, came back at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So here's another, uh, another, I mean, I'm pretty sure questions are going to come up and I had a bunch of notes that obviously I wanted to find out about that. Um, we were, we're seeing stuff like this on the news. Let me guess what you're going to put up there. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to put on. So here was a tweet today. I'm being notified by passengers on a Southwest flight departing Las Vegas that the captain became incapacitated soon after takeoff this morning. He was removed from the flight deck and replaced by a non-Southwest pilot who is commuting on that flight. This is now the fifth pilot incapacitation, uh, incapacitation that I'm aware of in the past two weeks. I will post more info. We see a lot more of that. And I even did just a quick Google search of pilot collapsing. And there's pages and pages of stuff going on. So do you want to make any comments on that? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a longer conversation yeah. uh, than, than everybody might have a stomach uh, for. I, I know Josh, actually just, just texting with him today. We, we brokered a coalition back uh, spring of last year specifically for this reason, to highlight our concerns about uh, pilot health and safety. Uh, yeah. Freedom Flyers in the States, along with uh, several groups in Europe and then the Australian Freedom Flyers as well. So we're in contact regularly. We have a group chat like everybody has for everything else these days and, and yeah. share information uh, and try and stay on top of this uh, this stuff. And so we've been very vocal with it. Um, it's worth stepping back uh, just very briefly to lay the groundwork. Um, so when this mandate came out, we uh, we had a document put together by a bunch of doctors and scientists that when we sat down with them, they said of any profession in this country, pilots are the ones we're most concerned about because uh, there's cardiovascular concerns. You sit on your rear end for hours and hours at a time. Yeah. Uh, you're spending hours at a time a month in thin air, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a 13, 14 page document that was put together well-sourced. Um, the Canadian COVID Care Alliance, uh, Steve Pelican, Byron Brattle uh, put it together after we sat down and had a Zoom call with them. Mm -hmm. So that was provided to the two largest pilot unions uh, in the country, along with uh, a couple major airlines. And uh, here we are, um, what would it be now, a year and a half, two years later, yeah. uh, probably 10 emails later, and it's been complete um, silence, really. So we've, we've raised our concerns over this from day one. There's uh, a host of us that were okay with ending our decades-long career uh, to stand against it because we were concerned. So clearly, I am very vested in speaking to the elevated risk. Now, at the same time, I think we've got to be careful and we've got, we've got to be nuanced with how we address this. Pilot incapacitation has been a thing 
since flying started. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. this, this, it can be anything from food poisoning yeah. um, to you know low blood pressure to uh, the worst just case be, heart attack. Whatever, just being right? tired, right? If you're running well, ragged or yeah, yeah, typically that wouldn't completely incapacitate you. I would hope, but yeah. but this has been a thing, and, and you know I've, I've analyzed some of the uh, some of the data, and I, I won't get into uh, to a ton of that, but. Um, it's, it's a, it's a concern, but at the same time, if we're trying, if we're weaponizing fear in the process here and, yeah. and summoning imagery, as has been the case with one individual in the FA, former FAA employee in the States was talking about people in apartments and houses and beaches should be concerned about airplanes plummeting from the sky. I would say yeah. you're just, you're just another version of the CNN and the New York times at this yeah. point, because yeah. If you're an aviation professional, and, and this is, is my concern, Carrie, uh, what, we, what we're not trying to do here, certainly not what, I, what I'm not interested in, is getting accolades, likes, shares, and followers on like-minded media. That's not my goal. Yeah. I love these people dearly, and, and yeah. you know, they're, they're, what's car- they, they're what has carried me through these past few years. But what I'm really interested in is the people that don't think like me. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we've really got to aim to target. And so... If I start summoning imagery of planes plummeting to the sky, every other professional pilot in this country will call me a buffoon, and rightly so. You're right. Because when you have a pilot incapacitation, and, and I'll just talk through it very briefly here, because I think it's important, because we get people contacting us all the time saying, should I ever fly in an airplane again? And yeah. I would say, well, Klaus Schwab doesn't want you to, so what are we doing here, right? Yeah, We don't right. want people to be living in fear. We want them to continue going to see Grandma in Saskatoon and otherwise. Yeah. So if I'm flying from Vancouver to Toronto, and my first officer keels over. I'm instantly very concerned about him. If he's flying the aircraft at the time, typically it's on autopilot. So yeah. I will assume control, which is as much as pushing a button, essentially. Yeah. I will maintain safety of flight by, by securing him, getting yeah. his seat moved back, getting him secured. If there is another pilot that's traveling, we'll try and swap him out. Yeah. If not, we'll secure him. And then the goal is to get the aircraft on the ground for his health and safety uh, yeah. and the rest of the crew now, or yeah. the rest of the aircraft. Now, having said that, there's elevated risk because a diversion with an aircraft is a high workload event for a two, two man, uh, two man, two woman crew. Okay. Uh, so now when you're doing it single pilot, there's all sorts of additional stress uh, and, and opportunity to miss things. So, so make no mistake, I'm not minimizing the risk here, yeah. um, but I don't want people uh, traveling, worrying that they're going to crash, uh, you know, that there's a high probability of it. I mean, we train for engine failures in aircraft. We don't train for dual engine failures. Uh, the odds of both pilots uh, expiring in flight due to a jab injury is astronomically low. Um, yeah. So again, you know, I, it's, I, I say it's it's like dealing with uh, a horrific uh, snowstorm. Yeah, you you manage the risk, right? And so we're dealing with a higher risk scenario. Um, yeah. If you're in a snowstorm, you put snow tires on. Uh-huh. Um, you drive a little bit slower. What I would say uh, is that Transport Canada, in this case, and I could go on about this for a very long time, they're the ones that should be putting this, the proverbial snow tires on for aviation, and they have been absent as a safety regulator since 2020, as far as I'm concerned, and that continues to this day. Uh, and I can, you know, I can speak to to why I'm somewhat passionate and probably unpopular with uh, with Transport Canada, I, I guess, yeah. because of it. But I think the traveling public needs to, uh, to to understand what they can do to help and who they should yeah. be targeting. And Transport Canada is certainly uh, certainly one of them when it comes to this. Uh, this jab injury thing, because you've got, they did no efficacy or safety trials from the get-go. Those of us that yeah. are asking questions, they just yeah. stopped answering the questions. 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Are, are pilots supposed to go in for like a yearly physical or anything like that? Supposed to. Yeah. Supposed to? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's been happening with that? I'm, I'm assuming everybody does and they get signed off and then they can go and fly. I, I'm, I'm just kind of using the same analogy that I know about uh, train engineers and, uh, and right. if driving a, a bus. Right? Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because um, every other nation in the world, that's what the pilots are doing. Uh, yeah. But here in Canada, back in 2020, just to step back, so when COVID first hit, it's a standard, you know, it's the same thing we all say, well, we none of us knew what was going on. So we're, you know, we were pretty forgiving of, of, of uh, strange policy. Yeah. So initially it was, well, you can just mail it in basically, ha you know, have your wife sign a piece of paper and say that you're health yeah. healthy and you're good to go. Yeah. So they extended the, they extended the medicals essentially uh, to start out with. Then, you know, as we moved into 2021, they said, well, we're going to do telemedicals now. So you okay. can do two telemedicals. So instead of coming in annually, you can do two telemedicals. Uh, and then you just have to show up in person for your third one. So what that means is you've now got guys possibly in their 40s, 50s, even 60s, not doing an ECG, for instance, for 36 months. This was something that for decades was an absolute requirement, the same as simulators and otherwise, because it's yeah. an issue of safety. And Transport Canada said, no, that's fine. Even, even up until the last uh, few months of last year. And, and there's been a lot of noise made in part because Tucker Carlson and Steve Kirsch have been focusing on it in the, in the States. They've widened the parameter for pilot EKGs in the States. Yeah. And with my Canadian voice, I say, well, hang on a second. We're doing it even worse up here because we're just not even going to bother doing EKGs anymore. That's the shocking reality wow. uh, in Canada. And this is during a time if you look at late 2022 or into March of this year was when that was supposed to expire, the country was more or less open aside from some outliers, right? You could go wherever you wanted without a mask. So yeah. as a pilot, I could crowd myself into a subway car and go downtown Toronto, eat a burger in a pub and then sit with 20,000 people at a hockey game as I should. That's right. Game. Yeah. But Transport Canada said COVID social distancing, you just phone in your medical. Uh, that's fine. You don't have to actually show up in person. So we've been pretty vocal, tried to get in touch with politicians who sadly, um, it seems that if it, if it smells a little bit of, of the whole jab issue, they don't really want to touch it. And, and the pushback from, from the one I talked to as well, this expires in March. Well, lo and behold, Carrie, March 1st of this year, Transport Canada shockingly and egregiously extended this asinine unsafe policy to 2025 so in canada again wow. we are alone globally as far as i know i've checked in with all of our aviation uh group we're the only nation in the world i know of that is allowing pilots to go 36 months without ekgs without in-person medicals uh or otherwise um and i i've spent hours on the phone just in my role uh, some of our pilots are suffering um, post-jab injuries. They're okay to talk to me. Uh, okay. They're not really keen to raise their hand and point out what they're dealing with because they took the shot to save their job. And yep. if we lose our medical, we essentially lose our job. Yep. So there's guys out that are suffering injuries. So, you know, some of them are minor, but some of them are are, uh, are more concerning, as most of us ha have friends and neighbors and otherwise that are dealing with issues from these these stupid things as well. Yeah. Um, so now we're in a situation where We've got Transport Canada doctors because I've asked the question. I said, well, what do you think of this? They say, well, because the new the new exemption, uh, the reason was no longer COVID because that would be even a little bit too far for Mr. Algabra. It was flexibility 
since when did flexibility trump safety yeah and this is why i say they've they've abdicated their role right and so i've said to one of his traffic transport doctors uh what do you think well it's 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 convenient for for those who are healthy and i said well how how do you know they're healthy there wasn't really much of an answer i'm like do we allow our pilots just to phone and say i'm an awesome pilot I'm really good at my job. I'm yeah. confident. I don't need to do simulator. We don't allow that. I have to go in the simulator every four to six months, uh, typically, okay. to prove that I can do my job properly because it's okay. an issue of uh, of safety, right? Yeah. So this is the situation that we're in uh, at this point. And, and the reason I, I'm uh, kind of hammering on this the last few weeks is because I feel amongst the public, like-minded public, there's a lot of frustration even over what you just posted, Kerry, with with yeah. seeing these issues with pilots. Yeah. But what can the average person sitting at their computer, they're like, ah, another issue with a pilot, what am I supposed to do, right? Other than be outraged, because outrage yeah. just gets your blood pressure up. Well, here's what you can do. Contact Transport Canada, contact the airlines, ask them why they're still okay with doing this, because so far it seems they're okay with it. Yeah. Contact your MP. Um, take action uh, as best you can, right? So yeah. this is an opportunity uh, to do that because when we're dealing with this crew incapacitation issue, here's a quandary. Um, the final backstop to tracking down the people that are really injured is what? Medicals. Yeah, that's right. And what are we doing with the medicals? We're phoning it in. Um, you only have to show up once every three years. Yeah. And the, the answer is, well, hey, if you want to come in, go ahead. And I'm like, well, it's a four hour round trip for me to go to the doctor. Like most middle-aged men, I got a hundred things I'd rather do. And, you know, unless it's really bad, I'm probably not going to go. And sadly, uh, only two weeks after that exemption was put in place again, the transportation safety board, which is an independent body, put out an accident report from an airline transport pilot uh, rated pilot. So he was a pilot with an airline. He sadly crashed uh, in in, uh, a private flight, uh, private aircraft back in October of 21. Mm -hmm. And what was highlighted in this was the fact that that year he had simply attested his health. And so what was the recommendation out of this, uh, and I'll quote it directly just so I don't uh, butcher it here, The TSB recommends Transport Canada establish routine review and improvement for civil aviation medical examiner guidelines. And that's that's about as pointed as you're going to get with two uh, quasi-governmental institutes poking the fingers at each other. They're essentially saying uh, this needs to be tightened up a little bit. So it's a a serious issue. Uh, Very, very long monologue on my part. Sorry, but... uh, No, that that was great. I'll bet you ninety percent of the viewers had no idea that uh, that it was basically delayed or or the basically tele telemedical and not actually going to see a doctor directly, right? When uh, when I actually heard about that, it was that to me was an eye opener, right? And then then again again you 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 get concerned about not only the uh, the pilot safety or pilot's health, but anybody that's flying safety as well. And obviously we do not want to sound that alarm because I don't think it's a, uh, an issue at all. If you've got two pilots in there. Well, it is. And I, I, I want to be careful not to, I want yeah. to be careful not to go too far to the other extreme because, yeah. it, because like I said, it, it is, uh, if you have to do a diversion as a pilot, it, it's, it's a giant pain in the rear at best. And it's a yeah. very high workload event. And when you're doing it by yourself, yeah. particularly if you've got bad weather, or let's say you're, you're, uh, 
you know, typically if you're going across the ocean, uh, you're going to have an augment an extra pilot. But sometimes if it's a shorter leg, there may only be two of you. Well, now you're, you're oceanic. You're going to be sitting there for an hour yeah. um, trying to deal with a guy who may be in a guy or girl who may be in very bad uh, circumstance or otherwise. So, I mean, some of these things are happening to flight attendants um, as well as we're seeing with the general public uh, yeah. additionally, right? And then that creates issues safety related in the cabin as well, because now you're down one flight attendant uh, in the event of emergency or otherwise. So it, it is a very serious event or, or issue. We've got to stay on top of it. Yeah. Did you want to, uh, we can jump into some questions, I know, because we've, we've got uh, a few things, but do you want to, you want to mention anything that you think people should know more than what we've talked about already? No, I know you and I talked about a couple other things, but I, yeah. I've kind of hammered away at uh, Transport Canada yeah. a fair bit here. I mean, this this goes back to 2020 and then them just yeah. flat out pulling stuff off the internet that was inconvenient and otherwise. But uh, you can scroll through our Twitter uh, feed if you if you like. Uh, yeah. And feel free to follow us on Twitter and uh, all that other stuff, you know, I'm supposed to say. Just looking free to fly. To, right? Free to fly. Free to fly. <laughs> So here's a question. Is there a group as like free to fly working in the U S and are they working with you and having success on the, uh, well, obviously on, on getting stuff through like, uh, bill HR 185. Do you know of anybody? Yeah. Right. So thanks for the question, Sheila. Uh, so that's Josh Yoder. He's the president of the U S freedom flyers. Okay. Uh, the, the gentleman that I was speaking of. So, so he heads up their group in the States. Uh, we're back and forth regularly, uh, mainly these days, uh, about the, the pilot uh, health and safety issue. I haven't talked to him a whole lot about HR 185. The reality, even when we are lobbying with the, uh, these American congressmen and otherwise yeah. is unfortunately, <laughs> The nature of, of political expediency is there's not a ton to be gained for these politicians within their own ridings to to open up the northern border, right? Yeah. But what I like to point out is, hey, you're alone amongst Angola, Pakistan, and otherwise, and you seem very focused on the northern border while your southern border is rather porous, um, That's right. yeah. which, which they don't tend to disagree with. So uh, the Freedom Flyers haven't been, that hasn't really been what they've been focused on in part because there's never enough hours in a day. Yeah. Um, they have had some legal things going on. There's been a couple setbacks. I'm not tracking really closely what they're uh, what they're doing uh, lately from a constitutional standpoint. But most of their guys weren't uh, guys and gals weren't put uh, out of work for any long period of time. So it was no, a little bit right. of a different uh, different scenario. Okay. In part because there was that tipping point that said. Yeah. You're not coming here with that thing. And then the airlines kind of looked at the numbers and thought, hmm, we can't fly airplanes when there's that many folks that aren't going to take it. So they carried on. Yeah. A plug for collective action once more. Okay. There's uh, a few few questions that come up like this, where uh, if you look back in the Wayback Machine, which is kind of the way that Google records stuff, from May 2021, there were Transport Canada landing page saying that they do not recognize the altered mRNA as treatment as it was only approved under emergency youth authorization. If Greg Hill feels that he could use that for the lawsuit, please send me a PM. I don't know if that uh, you've probably heard stuff like this or maybe. Well, people... Yeah, well, that's this is exactly what we talked about before. So they didn't specifically mention the mRNA piece. But what they yeah. did, if you can just pull that tweet up. Uh, Carrie, because that's exactly what she's referring to. This this one here, yeah. Okay, give me a second. I just have to. So, I was back and forth with one of the Transport Canada doctors, asking these questions along with one or two other people, saying, "Well, you you say we're not supposed to." It didn't specifically refer to uh, to the mRNA. Uh, yeah. What it referred to was, um, I'm just trying to pull it up here. 
myself. Uh, places, no restrictions on limitations. Oh, there you've got it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that line there, I don't need to read it to you. So this is what okay. was on there. So yes. the Wayback Machine is very handy. It's good to see your viewers are aware of it because yes. uh, we found all sorts of stuff. Uh, we're actually going to be putting something out that's quite shocking over the next uh, couple of days. So stay tuned. Wow. Um, not necessarily related to transport, but the Wayback Machine plays into it. So yeah. so this is, what the, um, this is what it said before. So we said, hey, hang on a second. This is only approved under interim order, a little bit different yeah. than the EMA in the States. Yeah. And if you read the interim order, it essentially was what we in the military used to call pencil whipping. Like, we'll just start using this and we'll figure out the details and try and make it okay after the fact. Yeah. So after we asked these questions, um, literally, uh, I think it was six days later or seven days later, you can pull up what the website looked like afterwards. Just the this, next one down there. This one here? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. just flat out took that page. And that that statement had been on there for it's got to be 10 plus years. And if you look at the heat map, those that use Wayback Machine, you'll be familiar with the heat map. It got very busy uh, around, oh, yeah. I think sure. it was the 22nd of July. Yeah. Um, so so can we use that legally? No, not really. It's vague enough. It, it, there's a lot of people that have pointed to some of the stuff in the FAA as far as their vaccination policies. It's a little bit different up here in Canada. Yeah. If you look at our, uh, our uh, AIM, which yeah. is our guidance for a lot of this stuff, it's pretty vague. Uh, and I, what I've learned about the law is it better be ironclad or it's very difficult to get any traction nowadays. So I appreciate uh, bringing up the point, though, because it is quite shocking what, uh, yeah. what's happened online. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm going to ask this question anyways, because it's a question that people will often ask us out of the blue, out of completely unrelated anyways. Let me guess. I was going to say, Ken <laughs> I was going to say it before you pulled it up. There. Oh, good, uh, good job. So, yeah. any well, comment? I, I, weather modification is definitely a thing. I, I yeah. get this question so often that I've actually got a two-page document um, that, that I'm happy to send to people to yeah. explain some of the to explain what contrails are versus chemtrails. Yes. To right. explain why the ability to hide this uh, from everything, everything from the entire pilot population to yeah. air traffic control and on and on. Like, I'm, I'm not discounting weather modification. Uh, that happens, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen up in the, you know, the, the, the high twenties, 30,000 feet, which is where, which is where we tend to uh, tend to fly. So it, it, it's a, it's a rather long and nuanced answer. I mean, some of it's the scientific stuff as far as contrails go. Yeah. Um, but there's no chemtrail switch in air, any aircraft that, uh, that I've flown. I mean, just as an example, uh, you know, people talk about, well, could they possibly hide it? You guys wouldn't be aware. Well, the instrumentation is so uh, refined at this point that when, when you start to get nuances, even in field type. Oh, and, um, and weight and uh, well, weight, and something. that's a big deal, right? Like on, on morning flights, airlines typically don't load ice for drinks to save because every pound you carry additional carries it burns more fuel and the airlines are obsessive about fuel burn yeah so you know they'd have to be heavily compensated uh in order to carry around something additional um and and the airlines are not in the habits of giving away yeah. uh much at all as the as the traveling public knows so yeah um anyway if somebody's interested feel free to, to email us and I, i'd be happy to to send that it's uh like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be disingenuous or otherwise. Yeah. It deserves a full answer, and 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 it's like a two-page answer. So yeah, and definitely will. Uh, while I'm scrolling through here, we'll be 
plugging your free to fly website. And is, is there any other stuff on the website that might be of interest to people? Well, uh, the, like I said, uh, a shout out to Patrick, our young, I think he's 22. Yeah. He was a phenomenal gentleman who also lost his flying training and his university uh, training. Uh, he kindly volunteered to help us. So he's actually back doing his flying training. Has also started a computer business. So he volunteers doing our website. So he's in the process of completely revamping it to simplify it somewhat because it's a little bit busy uh, in my mind right now. Yeah. But the news link gives you kind of recent things we put out, interviews, podcasts, etc. And then the, the resource hub is where you're going to find... Um, yeah, so there's there's those action contacts there. That's useful if you want to get hold of Transport Canada and otherwise then the guidance that you okay. talked about. And it, it kind of goes on and on. The resource yeah. hub kind of centralizes uh, yeah. some of that stuff um, a little looks bit like, better as far as... Looks like you've done a couple of uh, videos otherwise too. So that those are on there as well with the Iron Will report. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's all sorts of stuff uh, going on depending on what's uh, what's happening from, from day to day, right? So, That's right, uh, yeah. We'll, We'll try and of simplify course. it a little bit. And how to contact you? There's a page right there. Contact us. Does that go to you, or does that? Do you have anybody that uh, is looking after this? I see. Uh, I see all of that. But a shout out to Trisha, who is our uh, admin helper, a kind woman from uh, awesome. out BC, who yeah. uh, just stepped up and uh, has been relentless in her ability to dig into really boring things that I often don't have time for or don't want it to so yeah. so she uh, she tends to keep an eye on the inbox and uh leaves them leaves the emails for me to uh to check in with uh, as well but yeah and i also see there's some merch i guess that we could buy Which yeah so those luggage the luggage tags are pretty cool actually yeah. uh, i've got one and actually the guy i was flying with today um says what's free to fly yeah. so i said well it's a bit of a long story <laughs> and, uh <laughs> And out of that comes uh, comes some interesting conversations. So typically yeah. what we find, uh, people ask, how's it been coming back to work? Like, was it bad with guys? Yeah. 98% of it, uh, guys, a lot of guys say, man, I have so much respect. I, I, I wish I would have done the same. I didn't want to get the shot. Yeah. The few that uh, maybe are not supportive usually say, oh, uh, did you see the Leafs game or something? Right? Like, they just don't tend to talk about it. They just yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. So the, the luggage tags are a good conversation starter if you happen to be traveling. Um, they're, we just ask for a $10 donation, but if you can't afford that, then just send us a note. We'll, uh, our, good, uh, our good pilot that's spear, spearheading that, Chris, will uh, we'll get, uh, we'll get them out to you. That's awesome. I know we, uh, even through the Alberta Prosperity Project, and actually I should have called this page up here, the Alberta Prosperity Project store, and I'm going to do that. It's kind of the same thing. We... Uh, if, if you're wearing an APP hat, as an example, and you're in the grocery store and people will say, so what's, what is APP? What's it about? And that's a good way to get into a conversation with people, people that right. you probably wouldn't normally be talking with. Right. So, um, and then, you know, kind of educate them and, uh, and, and tell them what, uh, what's happening. And, um, and, you know, Again, people people think that the mandates are all gone, um, and and I'm I I've also run into the the situation where you know somebody was asking about uh, um, are are jobs still available or, or uh, like what is there a uh, oh here's one is there a big shortage of pilots due to the mandate Did you notice that like is, is uh, that you were brought well, back There's that's kind of two questions. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is there a big shortage of pilots? Question mark. 
I can answer yes. that one. <laughs> and uh, is there a big shortage of pilots due to the mandates? Due to the mandates, no. Um, unfortunately, um, because of what I was alluding to in the States, there was enough uh, pilots down there that said, don't come near me with that thing. And they meant it. Yeah. And they kept flying airplanes. And uh, and I, I don't say this disparagingly, but we had a, a fairly good sized group. And this was the case across almost every industry in Canada yeah. that were opposed to it. And it was heartbreaking to watch people wrestle through that. Literally, I was on the phone with people in tears yeah. uh, struggling with, with, like, how do I pay my mortgage? How do I look after my family? So yeah. it dwindled to an unfortunately small group to the point where the company's uh, attitude was, yeah, that's a lot of experience. And, and I would say the aviation industry as a whole took a beating experience wise um, yeah. because of it, but it wasn't enough to cripple them. They, it was it was acceptable attrition, uh, put it that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we saw a great big mess last summer. People thought that was maybe due to the VAX uh, mandate, I, I, maybe in some of what we call under the wing. Uh, yeah. the baggage handler security and otherwise maybe their numbers were a little bit higher i don't have exact numbers i'm, I'm more familiar with the pilot uh, yeah, although yeah. we have those 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 numbers across our uh, supporter group yeah but um but the industry had uh, ostensibly he had been sitting on the couch eating cheetos basically for a year and a half and then all of a sudden it was like hey time to run a marathon and yeah, it went right. really really badly and yeah. throw in arrive can which ground yeah. customs halls to a halt yeah. And again, here's another plug for collective action. If yeah. you simply had 15% of every flight with two or 300 people on it, say, walk up and say, go ahead and write your little green ticket. I'll be standing here waiting with all these people behind me. It would have been over with quite quickly. You're right. right. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. It, it's a difficult thing to ask of people. And so again, I, I don't say that condescendingly. I get it. Uh, when you're in the customs hall and some guy with a flak vest on is giving you the, uh, you know, the grilling you and, and, uh, and doing the power trip thing. It's very, very difficult to, to yeah. take a stand. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just a comment. Truly the majority rules of only everyone stands up for common sense and medical privacy. And you know what, even if there was enough of a, of a, uh, a small fringe minority that were able <laughs> to stand up to, uh, that probably would have stopped because like you said, if there was, you know, 150 people on a plane and, and 15 of those people said, yeah, write me up a ticket. That is not the majority, but it's enough to cause a change, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so here, here's another comment, and and we'll we'll make a comment on this too. So kudos to the pilots who stood their pardon the pun ground in not getting the jab and had lost their jobs as a result. They'll be the ones that will be filling in for those who become able unable to fly and incapacitated. So I'd like to just say it's not everyone that gets jabbed gets gets any issues. Like it right now, the stats that we've looked at just in um, out of everybody the you know, you look at the VARES reports, you look at some of the other reporting, it is less than 5%, right? So it's not like all the pilots will become unable to fly, just so you know. You want to make yeah. a comment on that? No, it's, I mean, the reason it's focused on, and, and this goes back to really what we've tried to when we when we when matt sattler my good friend and co-director when we stood up free to fly yeah. what we were trying to summon was the pilot archetype essentially right think yeah. think sully sullenberg on the hudson right mm, yeah. so when crap is hitting the fan we're not cowering in a corner sucking our thumb we're standing yeah. up straight with our shoulders back to summon uh, jordan peterson we're, yeah. we're calmly addressing the crisis and we're trying to be the uh the voice of sanity and the adults in the room yeah 
Uh, and so that's how we're trying to approach this issue as well, uh, is, is to address the fact that, yes, there is elevated risk. And, and, and some of these people uh, are free-to-fly supporters, members, uh, etc. Yeah. And my heart goes out to them. Some of them are not flying right now um, because they took the shot and they, they've ended up uh, with issues. So, you know, we're not, we're not sitting on the sidelines uh, thinking that we're going we're gonna to benefit because of it, the, the reality is to, to step back to a question that I didn't answer is there's a, there's a serious, serious shortage of pilots uh, in Canada and globally. Uh, some of the airlines in this country are coming up on contract negotiations. So the airlines will tell you right now there is no pilot shortage. But anybody who knows anything about the industry knows that there is a very serious shortage of not just numbers, but I would say more problematically experience. Oh, yes. uh, when I when I started flying, I was 38. I had uh, thousands of hours coming out of the military and the the the, uh, the pilots showing up now a lot of them are in their early 20s they're very competent uh, professionals but they don't have a ton um, of experience so I'm, I'm not being disparaging to them i'm just saying you know doing something uh going through three or four seasons of winter is different than going through 25 or 30 seasons of winter and, and then garnering that experience over time right That's so right. yeah so there is a shortage. Um, who knows what the aviation industry looks like in the next five to 10 years? I would say the globalist cabal has it in their, uh, right in their crosshairs. Um, they're looking at grinding us into 15 minute cities uh, and otherwise. So um, yeah, that's a whole separate topic. Yeah. And, and even just in terms of doctors, there seems to be a shortage of doctors, uh, of any uh, medical uh, professionals. And again, you need that experience. You can't just come out of uh medical school and just start practicing like doing major surgeries as far as i know there's got to be that certain amount right i've got a daughter that's uh, going in for optometry and it's the same thing she's got certain things that she needs to get done every year before she'll actually be able to go out and actually practice that right and do laser eye yeah. surgery or whatever right so yeah 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 well there you go so i'll leave this open for another minute or two if anybody else wants to ask some other questions and uh, in the meantime, I just want to go back and take a look at this uh, this site again. Da -da -da. So again, if somebody's interested in flying somewhere, this is a great tool that uh, that you should be able to to look at. And uh, and here you can see. So if I'm in Canada and not vaccinated. I got 14 places I can just travel to. I've got uh, 46 if I test and travel. And then test and quarantine as well. Entry is restricted <clears throat> and unknown. So of course these are. Uh, this is a great, great tool. I'm definitely. I'm going to sit on this and see where I can <laughs> fly in the next month because I do need to. I I need a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and uh, people will in, invariably send us an email to to clarify this. So so let yeah. me just. Uh, maybe divert some of those right off the bat. Yeah. We're aware that uh, that many are uh, having success in getting across the land border. And this is typically what I tell people yeah. is I've heard um, that you can get across the land border because it generally comes down to one individual. And it would seem that the majority of them are either over it or not in favor of it. Yeah. And then once you get across, uh, once you're into the States, um, you can you can travel unfettered across yeah. the U.S. like a normal free human being yeah uh, and i you know i would i would recommend that that's probably uh the best route to go about because otherwise 
maybe you can do it out of Canada, but after you've dropped a couple thousand dollars on a plane ticket, it kind of sucks to find that yeah. uh, they've, they've, uh, they've gone ahead and checked all your documents and lo and yeah. behold, you can't go anywhere, right? I know there's a lot of a lot of places that are just like across the border. So coming from Winnipeg, it was either Grand Forks or Fargo. You could drive down there and then fly from somewhere there. In Calgary, we, of course, have uh, Kalispell. And uh, and even in BC, of course, you could probably just go down to Seattle or something like that. And, and yeah. From there so so there are definitely options um and our buddy wayne here how do you get to that page i believe it is just sherpa.com it's uh yeah i don't know if there's another one on there but if, if uh it's the last link on that guidance page as well so yeah give it a try. hopefully this doesn't show up some weird site no it's acme oh something yeah. happened there when you clicked on it but uh, yeah the folks at Sherpa will be very happy with the extra hits they're getting tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, it should be going via the free to fly page, really, though. Not that yeah. we get anything for it, but uh, it's the You're last right. link on that so, the guidance page. So yeah, so go go to free to fly and then go to resources, this. resources hub in the top left there. Oh, this one here, resources yeah. hub, and, and then, then uh, guidance for Canadians on jab travel. There it is, right and there. And declare your courage. I'll put a plug in for that. I don't need yeah. to go to it right now, but uh, that, that's that's something that uh, I've really wrestled with uh, with how we get out of this mess we find ourselves in. And this declare your courage piece that's yeah. on there as well. I'd encourage yeah. people to look at because, in my view, that's uh, that's really how we uh, how we get out of this mess is by individuals. We, we've talked a lot about this last two or three years. We've talked about freedom, 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 yeah. Yeah. but. Um, we haven't talked a lot about the responsibility uh, side of it. And uh, yeah. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who I think I've already mentioned once, in 1978, once he was back in the States, he was asked to speak at a Harvard uh, commencement speech. And I expect he was very unpopular for the speech he gave. Mm -hmm. It's well worth looking up. Yeah. But he, he brilliantly summarized in three or four paragraphs that exact reality that we have lost our way as a nation, uh, A, in my view, because we've lost uh, touch with God, but also because we've lost sight of the responsibility and accountability that is the flip side of freedom. Yeah. And until we seize on that and we courageously declare our courage um, in, in individual private moments uh, and in bigger ones, right up to uh, losing our jobs, our homes and otherwise, our children and grandchildren will be living in a very dark country uh, unless we grasp, uh, grasp that reality. Yeah. Well said there, Greg. Um, from Wendy here, I think it's so sad for people like, like me that have family and two new great-grandchildren born in the States that I have never met. Government have too much control over my life on both sides of the border. Yeah, it's uh, for some of us, you might even say a small fringe minority, uh, can be held prisoner even within our own country. Now, yeah. that's not to say we can't go anywhere, as, as that website showed us, but yeah. Uh, and again, uh, I used to travel extensively, usually down to the States, go down to San Francisco, Seattle, Vegas, Chicago, New York. And uh, so I have not been there since the beginning of COVID. So hopefully, well, this soon, is, hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah well, and, and to Wendy and, and to yourself and anybody yeah. else, uh, honestly, life's too short. Uh, yeah, sometimes we've just got to, we've got to, um, we've got to summon our courage as a friend yep. of mine used to say and and do things like uh like find our way find our way across the border and uh and see our uh our family our grandkids that's, et cetera, that's very etc you know yeah. my, my my parents are in their 70s uh and and you'd hate to be uh thinking wow uh, I, I didn't see
see them before something terrible happened, right? So yeah, we. this is why I say these are God-given freedoms. Um, God gave us responsibilities, uh, whether that's to our family, uh, to our church, etc. Yeah. And he gave us those freedoms in order that we carry out our responsibilities. And so the, the state doesn't take them away. I will yeah. continue to act as a free being because awesome. that's where these freedoms come from. That's and right. um, and the consequences uh, be damned, really. Uh, and I don't mean that as a as as foul language. I mean it literally that yeah. uh, the consequences be what they may. Uh, yeah. This is how we get out of this: is, is living courageously and freely. Yeah. Well, one of the things we like doing on these webinars, of course, is to bring it and tie it back together with, you know, how what would an APP type of situation do, and how can we do? Uh, how can we? make change and uh so obviously we're, we're talking about sovereignty in alberta uh even possibly uh, an independent alberta and from my understanding a lot of these rules are brought through the federal government through transport canada so my question to you is if alberta was its own sovereign nation or had its own jurisdiction i think during covid i probably should have been able to hop on a plane and fly from Calgary to Grand Prairie, right? But according to uh, government regulations uh, federally, Transport Canada said, no, I can't hop on that plane. Right. Yes, you are correct. Uh, we, yeah. we had people reaching out to us and saying, you guys should uh, find a bunch of unjabbed people and start an airline. And yeah. to which I said, I would absolutely love doing that. But there are few industries in this country or in any country that are as fraught with red tape and control as aviation yeah. and that's yes. exactly what you're speaking of right so even when you're within your own province it's a federally uh, regulated industry which is why we were out of work for the year yeah um so yeah it's uh you know if there's some way that it, it could be shifted to uh, to the provincial then then yeah you'd have more uh, control over it but uh but yeah that's a question that's uh probably more left to your expertise uh and yeah. knowledge than mine. Yeah, and I know like trains and and uh, originally when you know we had uh, Greyhound and we had uh, even couriers, they all seem to be uh, some sort of jurisdiction with some federal regulation. And uh, again, if it and came, whatever happened to Greyhound anyway, they I, I'm assuming Stop. yeah they they don't exist anymore. I know wow. here in Alberta we have Red Arrow for sure that goes between Calgary and Edmonton. There's probably a few yeah. other ones. And, um, but yeah, like if I wanted to travel on a bus from, I don't know, Medicine Hat to Grand Prairie, you know, I guess I would really have to look into it because I haven't traveled on a bus that far. So I don't know. I but I was sitting remember, on uh, smoke laden greyhounds as a yeah, kid. That, that yeah. dates me a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I actually took a greyhound from Winnipeg to, um, to Calgary <clears throat> back when uh, I'm not even sure how old I was, probably 14 or 16 to come out and visit my aunt and uncle who had just moved out here a couple of years before. And, right. um, but yeah, I don't even know if you can do that. I don't know if anybody knows that that could uh, reply back, but, and um, anyway, so, you know, this was great. This was great information. And I think uh, again, if people can share this and, uh, and get some, get some conversations happening about uh, this, the state of what we are in terms of travel and flying and, and, and working. Right, because that's the other thing yeah. too is that it's uh, it, it was the pilots and uh, and yeah, I believe you called them uh, uh, airplane professionals or what was aviation the aviation professionals, yeah. That's so right. it's across the industry, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So anything like that, and I know I, I even have a neighbor who's a uh, uh, a mechanic, and uh, yeah. I know he was off for a few 
few months. Now, I don't know his situation. We've never really brought well, it up. Well, they were, they were mandated exactly the same. So yeah. shout out to, to yeah. like I said, yeah. every aviation professional. I just yeah. had, I just met up with one of our supporters uh, at Toronto yeah. Pearson, fantastic yeah. uh, maintenance engineer. Yeah. He was out of work for, uh, for as long as I was. Yeah. Uh, so these same courageous men and women across the, uh, across the yeah. industry that, uh, that yeah. stood the ground. So, and I, and I think he was even off work because they didn't have as many planes in there. Right. If yeah, that could be as well. Passengers yeah. and uh, and even in terms of cargo. Now, granted, I would almost say probably cargo blew up. It was busy. Yeah. Figuratively. Yeah. Um, much, much busier because now everybody's buying stuff online. It was almost like well, to do that. Yeah, it was the hero to zero thing, too. We, we had guys yeah. that were uh, that were flying PPE in and out of China. Oh, yes. And then yeah. fast forward eight to 10 months later, uh, sorry on the street with you because you won't take the jab. And like, hey, I was perfectly safe to go back and forth to China and then go home, right. go quarantine, et cetera. But yeah, suddenly right. I'm not safe to be uh, even like when we returned all of our gear, yeah. our iPads and our passes and everything else, we weren't allowed in the building to return them. We had to FedEx them oh, or leave yes. them at the curb, right? So I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Drop anyway. it off at the uh, the main main lobby or at the front doors. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, I, as a, as a I, I promised Trisha, our our stellar admin, that I would say I would put a plug in to say we do we do put a fair bit on social media. Um, yeah. I'm not a big fan of social media. I wasn't on anything until Free to Fly, and, and and now we we do that just because it's sort of a necessary evil. But we do put out a fair bit of information, including stuff on on these these issues that you're seeing pop up so yeah. feel free to follow us on we're on twitter instagram facebook awesome. and locals i promised her i would say that so there you go trisha i i got it out finally i'm not a very good salesman so. that's so, awesome yeah we will donate uh, on our website as well which i never say right well so. there you go yeah no that's that's awesome and uh yeah so with that i'm gonna say uh, uh thank you very much greg for your your time and uh and for advocating for uh, for freedom um i mean it was great having a conversation with you and and i i know we we definitely see eye to eye on most things and yeah. uh and especially for the people that have uh now watched for the hour and 15 minutes thank you so much for doing that um and we do these APP webinars every Wednesday and with new speakers. And of course we have new information and we try and keep things relevant. There's uh, uh, next week we have Corey Morgan, who you may know from being a reporter and a columnist on the Western Standard. Um, an interesting little bit of tidbit there. I didn't know, but he was actually one of the founders of the Alberta Independence Party in 2000. And as well, he's also had executive roles in the Wild Rose uh, Party of Alberta. And he still has his foot in Alberta politics ever since. And uh, we'll be talking about his new book called The Sovereignists, Sovereignists Handbook, which is out and available now on Amazon.ca and CoreyMorgan.com. So he will be with us next week talking a little bit about, obviously, uh, sovereignty and independence. And uh, I'd also like to acknowledge the volunteers that, uh, that we have uh, for APP Charter, uh charter groups setting up events uh even even doing webinars and uh social media etc uh if you'd like to become a volunteer by all means please reach out to albertaprosperityproject.com on the website and tell them that you'd like to volunteer and with that i would like to wish you a fabulous rest of the evening and we hope to see you in an event in person or online again very soon take care god bless and uh, we'll see you soon thank you very much Good night, everybody. Thanks.